This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Welcome to the show. We've got a great show planned for you. As always, DMs are wide open. you got a question for us, topic on cover, drop them in the DMs on our Love Line IG page. And uh, past episodes are always over at wearechannelq.com. We're going to kick the show off with a topic about all the things we need to unlearn. We were kind of talking about this a little bit last night, poking around at it. But these are the things that we have to uh, remove from us. We are socialized and have things instilled in us that aren't always the most mental health centered. So our work as adults, drum roll, is to unlearn all these things that we've internalized that don't serve us. Uh, isn't it nice to be an adult? <laughs> if we could just stop the, uh, as we say, intergenerational transmission, meaning passing along to those below us, after us, some of these things, guess what? Adulthood might be a little bit easier, but yeah, a lot of work to do y'all, but we're going to start digging into some of that right now. So things we have to unlearn. Um, now I'm looking at a bunch of research that I pulled some important zingers on here. Let's start with this first one. Oh, it's a biggie. Oh, these are not simple things. But uh, I think we can look at where do these things play out in our lives. And as I tell the patients in my practice, sometimes start really small. Commit to one or two things that you really want to work on dismantling or changing or unlearning. And you start from there. We can't hit it all at once. So really identify one of these and start calling it out as you move throughout your day in the conversations you're having. It's really helpful if we identify some of these things in others. So we look at what where it shows up or what it could look like. And then we can kind of better call it out in ourselves. And you start small. You start with the things that feel really doable. And then we can work our way up. We can't always tackle the most pressing examples right away. The first one is uh, ready for this one. No simple task, as I said. Unlearning societal standards of beauty. What? I know. We are immersed in it, if nothing else. If nothing else, that would be such a powerful way to heal a lot of our struggles. Uh, beauty standards, where are they rooted in? Well, they're rooted in white, cis, hetero, Western norms and values. We see people buying skin bleaching kits in other countries, even here, trying to lighten their skin because of colorism. That's heartbreaking. The work is really about getting back to being okay with who we are and how we are. Of course, everyone has what we call body autonomy, which means you have the right to do whatever you want to your body. But body neutrality is really what the mental health goal should be, where it doesn't really matter that how you look, your physical vehicle, it's aesthetic presentation, that that's not a reflection of who we are or our worth or value. It's about how we impact others, our legacy, what we're doing with our time and energy while alive and on this planet. That's what matters more. I don't care, nor does mental health, how attractive you are if you're a really horrible person who negatively impacts everyone you come in contact with and your time here on this planet is spent making it worse and other people's lives worse. There's no valor or, or, or anything to celebrate in that. So we really want to back away from seeing someone's attractiveness or beauty as, as being important or what, again, is most meaningful in them. So how do we start to unlearn societal standards of beauty? Well, Let's start with age. You know, as I age, I'm starting to see ageism in culture applied to me, even within me. You know, I talk on the show often about things like anti-aging products. We can't be anti-aging. It's going to happen to all of us. How, how are we going to be opposed to something that is natural and healthy? We've really made aging a problem, something to fix, an illness. It's not. It's natural. It's healthy. What a gift to get to be on this planet longer. And now again, that's a debatable statement because I'm not so proud of what we're doing here in America and I'm not so proud of what we're doing here on this country, which is why I roll my eyes when we're trying to go to other planets so we can 
do damage there too. Um, I was having that conversation with my older brother, having had my partner move here from another country. I was like, yeah, America's not that great. Look at all that's going on here. And nonetheless, <laughs> I don't want my time here to be spent making other people's lives harder. And I don't want it to be tied to me trying to fight aging. I don't want to spend my time, money, and energy on that. I've got better things to do. We all do. I'm trying to focus on more joy and pleasure in my life. Trying to work less, trying to enjoy myself in my downtime more, protected. I don't want to worry about aging. Now, having said that, I appreciate that while we're trying to undo these macro level things, we are still down there micro receiving end of it all. And so we participate to some extent because we want to have access to some privileges. Yeah, that's right. We want to have some privileges and the privileges you have, as long as you're using them to benefit and dismantle the oppression that's you know put upon others, you want to lean into some of them. So yes, I, I know that in order to feel important or, or attractive, we want to participate to an extent. And that's the bigger challenge for everyone. To what extent are you willing to participate with these problematic systems, knowing that you don't want to make your life harder. So we participate to an extent so that we can feel valued but we don't want to go so far that we're trapped in it and our mental health is tanking because of it and we're keeping that problematic systemic ball in the air. So that's the question. Like, how can we participate a little bit while also dismantling it? Yes, I use moisturizers. <laughs> yes, I use eye cream. And so it's like, am I participating in the system? Yes, to some extent, absolutely. Is that mandatory so that I can continue to do media? Yeah, that's in there as well. So I, I appreciate that, that tension of how do I see something as problematic, realize I'm also trapped in it, try to get ourselves out of it and dismantle it, but then also realize that there's some there's some benefit and gift in participating to an extent. And everyone has to decide for themselves to what extent do they want to be a part of that. But we want to ask ourselves, what standards are you holding yourself accountable to? And what impact is that having on you? We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back and keep talking about this. It's, it's a challenging topic. You're listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, we're back and uh, having a difficult conversation. We're talking about all these things that we have to unlearn to be mentally healthy in our world. A lot of things we internalize. And before the break, we were talking about uh, societal beauty standards, how they're not in everyone's favor and they really only support specific people, white, cis, hetero, Western norms. That's really what they're rooted in. Um, we're just now starting to see and legitimize the beauty and all the different kinds of skin tones and colors, body shapes and sizes, gender expressions, um, letting us age naturally. So we really want to ask ourselves, to what extent do we participate or want to participate? Are we a little too trapped in it? Do we need to maybe unfollow some of these influencers and some of the products we're using? Do we want to reel back in? How much are we keeping that ball in the air? Another thing we have to unlearn is, I love this one. I love this one. Love this one. Seeking external validation over, ready for this word, over self-assurance. Now, it's a little bit of both. There, there's no way to live in a world where we don't care what others think. And I don't think that that's actually healthy because we do want to have things like empathy. We do want to be able to be critical. We do want to have people reflect back to us how we're impacting others in the world. We do need that. So we don't want to completely have such rigid boundaries that we're taking nothing in and we're unaware of ourselves. That is not healthy. And as we talk about on the show all the time, our self-esteem and self-worth is relational. It's reflected back to us. Our self-worth, how we feel about ourselves is an accumulation of what the world has told us. So we want to be very thoughtful about the worlds we're living in because we can try to carve out special spaces where we have positive things 
reflected back and we feel good about ourselves. We don't want to be in relationships or in environments or parts of communities where we're not valued, where we don't see ourselves, where we're not reflected back. That's not going to be healthy, but we do need to have some internal structure of self-assurance or self-confidence so that we can be resilient and weather some of the environments where we are not really seen as desirable of, or of worth and value right? So we have to have both. We have to have an internal structure that lets us know that we don't need to always be seen a certain way. And it's okay if some people don't like us or don't value us. But the only way we can really weather that and feel that resilient and confident is if we do have access to people, places, and resources that tell us who we are. So I was talking on an earlier show about if you are not white or cis or hetero, you want to surround yourself with things that remind you of your beauty and your worth and your value. I, we talk about people that are black or of color having their homes celebrating black excellence and black joy, celebrating all the things that are meaningful within your culture or your race or your heritage or your religion. You have to at least build that at home for your children, for your family members, but for yourself. I also want people to be watching media that reflects back. I want people that are trans to see to watch media that celebrates and centers trans identity and experience. We need to see ourselves. I want us to follow things on social media that speak highly of us. If we're fat or larger body, we shouldn't be following weight loss and diet accounts. No one actually should. That's toxic for everyone, but especially for people outside of a straight or smaller athletic size. We need that. So again, we need the external and the internal. We, we won't survive or do very well with just one or the other. We really want to seek both. Also, here's another thing we have to unlearn. Bum, 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 bum. How to communicate and work with emotions. We were talking a lot more about that on last night's show, and that's something I have to talk more about. But we have to learn how to both honor that there are things like professionalism and manners and etiquette, which honestly, all of those labels walk us away from truth and authenticity. Because all this really all of those really tell us you have to kind of fake and perform and be a certain kind of person. So we're not really given a lot of opportunities to just be honest with what we're thinking and feeling. And so we have to find those moments to create that. I want us to be able to do that always everywhere, but that's not going to go well based on the way our world is structured. You can't at your job say to people, sorry, you know, if you're, let's say a server, sorry, I'm not going to really be that, you know, warm or friendly tonight. I'm having a rough day. I wish we could say that, but that's not going to go well. Your tables are going to complain. You're probably going to get fired. So we do need to find spaces where we can have that. I want us to be able to at least, in the very least, come back to our friends and our family and be able to sit in those softer emotions and talk about what's really happening. You know, we're moving away from like toxic positivity where we think the goal is to always be happy or smiling and negative feelings aren't to be felt because we think that that's not being spiritual or whatever it is. That's why I love all of these uh, influencers and, and uh, celebrities talking about their mental health struggles to normalize. We all have that. We will all at some point have that. That's normal. That's acceptable. And again, in a world where we're not allowed to cry in public or to say we don't like something or to tell a family member we don't want to be hugged, we need to find access to places where we can be our true honest selves. Some, some people, their whole lives are about playing professional while at work, coming home and hiding their emotions to be quote unquote, a good mom. Like it just, it's endless. And then I have to perform mental health. So I can't say I'm depressed or anxious this week. That is moving us further and further away from ourselves. That is not mental health. So we don't want to paint that picture as what the goal is. That's being a robot. That's being a sociopath. We have to have spaces and places where we can say, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I've been having suicidal thoughts. Uh, I've really been engaging in my disordered eating and still know that we can be seen as a good parent, a, 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 a good professional, right? We can't just be living in a world and around people where we can't be our true selves. It's exhausting. And those of us that have oppressed and you know marginalized identities, we know what that's like when you have to hide your gender expression or your sexuality, et cetera, et cetera. That's toxic. That's toxic from the inside out. And so that's one of the things we have to unlearn. Um, again, I wish globally we could do that. And we can in some ways. I'm always talking about how much more I want to be uh, crying and crying in public because that's such a beautiful thing. Um, we're going to take a break in a minute and maybe I'll kind of segue out of this topic of what we have to unlearn, talk a little bit about the benefits of crying and then come right back into this because I think crying's 
a really important topic to cover. So let's do that. And then of course we'll be then sliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop your DM and our Loveline IG page. Always open, always want to hear from you. And past episodes are over at wearechannelq.com. So uh, pop over there, slide down, click on Loveline, binge, post, share, re-listen. Lots of good stuff in there. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the benefits of crying. And then we're going to talk more about all of the things we have to unlearn. Because if we don't know what the goals are of what we have to kind of get out of us when work's not going to happen. All right, stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back. And before the break, I was talking about all the things we have to unlearn. And I was just basically quickly popping into this whole thing about crying. And I thought, oh, let's kind of capitalize on that and talk a little bit about the benefits of crying. And then we'll talk a little bit more about all the things we have to unlearn. So crying is a natural response. It really is. And yet it's something we're so phobic of, uh, both both being seen crying, it feels like too vulnerable, too emotional, right? You know, I'm not a good parent or professional because I have so much access to emotions. That's how we believe. That's what we believe. And we also have a lot of discomfort sitting with someone when they're crying. We don't know what to do. We instinctually tend to want to shut it down or stop it. We hand them a tissue, usually not because we uh, worry about snot dripping on their shirt. Usually it's a way to kind of slow them down and stop them. Or we say things like, you'll be fine. So what we attempt to do initially, which is like co-regulate and, and companion them, which is a good impulse, sit in it with them. We tend to translate though that presence that we afford them and that, and, and that companionship, we kind of turn it into pulling them up and out of it. So I want us to honor that impulse where we say we sit with them. We want to maybe put our arm around them or whatever it is, but I don't want us to try to slow it down or stop it. We're, we're trying to be a companion, which means we let their process go. That's part of healthy emotional functioning is we follow and we, we allow completion. Um, when someone gets caught up in emotional expression, yes, we want self-regulation, but part of self-regulation and dealing with emotions is letting them, letting them ride themselves out to their final destination. Emotions always stop. It's like a, it's like a wave. It's going to build up and build up. It might be scary. It might be overwhelming. And then it dissipates. It's an energy. Emotions aren't going to be carried with us endlessly, but we have to allow them to go to completion and crying is a natural response. It has a lot of positive impacts on us. Um, and we have, to, we have to really shift our relationship to it. So what are the benefits of crying? And this is proven. This is empirically validated information. First, it's very self-soothing. It activates rest and digestion. Isn't that interesting, right? It's our parasympathetic nervous system. So it's soothing. Crying is a release. We don't want to shame that. We don't want to block that. We don't want to stop that. We need to allow it. There's nothing wrong with that. We have to get more familiar doing it and seeing it and being around it. Let it out. That's the answer. I'm here with you. This is safe. Let it out. It's soothing. This is good. That's a self-talk you want to say to yourself internally, but also externalize if you're there holding space with someone when they're crying. Crying can also help us receive support. It lets others know we need them. It pulls them in. That's why it's a, that's why there's such a, it's a demonstrative thing. That's why it's not internal. It's an expression. That's a communication. It's a signal to others. So allow that and allow them to be with us. Don't feel as though someone seeing you or hearing you means we need to stop or shut it down. I don't care what your gender presentation is. It's okay to cry, whatever your gender is. It's okay for men to cry and little children to cry. We need to stop shaming that. We tend to do that from, from childhood. Man up, toughen up. What? That, that is tough to allow that emotion. It is so shamed and pathologized in our culture, there is no tougher expression or stance than to allow it and to allow it publicly. We shouldn't have shame over crying, but often people apologize. So remember that it helps us communicate to others we need support, but we need to allow that and receive that. Crying also has some beneficial releases beyond self-soothing. It also helps release things like endorphins, oxytocin. These are happy chemicals that help ease the pain. So when we block it going to completion, that's not good. We're not allowing some of the benefits to happen. What are the other benefits of crying? Oh, I love this one as well. It aids with our sleep. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, we feel exhausted sometimes after a good cry. It leaves us wanting to take a nap. It can leave us waking up feeling very refreshed. So again, we're not, this is part of being body positive. You know, when we use that word, people often think that just means about aesthetic or our body shape or size, but body positivity is also honoring the wisdom of the body and allowing it, 
our body knows what it needs, but we're constantly blocking it because of where we are and who we are, our labels and our identities. And, and, and that gets in the way of us being connected to our bodies, which is why when we work with people, well, actually everyone, but also people with disordered eating or really troubled relationships with food, it's about going back to our body's intuition. We call it intuitive eating, eating when hungry and stopping when full, not counting calories, not shaming certain foods. That's disordered eating, period, for all of us. That's rooted in aesthetics. Health is not tied to how we look. Health is tied to how we function, our connection to our bodies. It's healthy to listen to your body. Eat when hungry, stop when full. But same thing with crying. It then puts us in a state of rest and then we wake up feeling better. So honor that. That is body positivity. If your body says stand up, we stand up. If it's saying I need a nap, we nap. Honoring, even, even with sexual functioning, we're trying to pop pills and override our body saying I'm not aroused or I'm not interested or I don't feel safe. Honor the messages of your body. Other benefits of crying. Crying improves vision and helps fight bacteria in the eyes. Oh, listen to that. It's cleansing in that way too. So interesting. I never was aware of that one. Imagine what the world would be like if we just allowed our emotional experiences and expressions and we stopped shaming them in self and other because then we can globalize that. Any little pockets of shame we carry are gonna be maybe connected to other things. If we're afraid of crying, well then we're afraid of any emotion that might lead to crying. So now we're afraid of the crying and the emotions that come close to crying and it can roll out and roll out and we get further and further disconnected from ourselves, our experience, but also others. Because emotions are often about a communication to what we need, and it often helps others understand what we need. But we have to be able to express them. But in order to express them, we have to be able to tap into them and, and label them. We talked about that on, on another show. The first thing to do is to say, what am I feeling? To put a word to it. Then to identify it in your body, and then to ask yourself, what is this telling me I need? Crying is a need for release and comfort and connection. Allow that. Don't shame that. Uh, we're going to take a little break and then we're going to um, do some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Love Landing G page, questions, topics, things you want us to drop deeper into. And, and then we'll be um, coming back to all the things we need to unlearn. So I want everyone to kind of focus on a couple things that they're going to target and work on identifying in themselves and others and saying in those moments, how can I really work through this and approach this differently? That's how we start to create that internal transformation. So we're going to be doing that. Past episodes, as always, over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for the show, click on it, binge, post, share, re-listen. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we are back. Uh, just wanted to call out a lot of you are so great about sliding into my DMs, asking different questions and my thoughts on different TV shows and you know things that are happening in pop culture. I, I always laugh because I just don't I don't really participate much in pop culture. I know that my uh, my work is very related to pop culture. I work with a lot of pop culture figures and whatnot, but um, I don't. <laughs> The things I watch and the things I read tend to be a little bit outside of that. Uh, so thank you for always asking me my thoughts on these shows. I haven't watched a lot of them. Something that also keeps coming up, and we're going to get to the DMs in a minute. Uh, I keep seeing people write these articles about sex dolls and the impact they're going to have on the future and relationships and intimacy. I don't know why we are still panicking about that. Um, it will never be the same as being with a human being. We need eye contact. We need touch. We can feel, we can not only feel the distinction between uh, human versus non-human touch, we also can feel the intention woven into touch. And that's why only certain kinds of touch feel good or are meaningful to us. So it's so funny. Every, at least once a month, either a reporter reaches out to ask me my questions on, you know, sex tech and sex dolls or see some kind of article. Y'all would actually laugh if you saw the, um, the quotes that I'm asked to give or the topics I'm asked to speak on for journalists and different articles, I probably get like 12 to 15 outreach emails a week asking me to weigh in on um, doll, sex dolls, things like that. I think one of the more funny ones, and I'm going to post it when it comes out, is uh, I was working with a journalist. They reached out for my thoughts on an article they're writing about. Ready for this one? If you were able to go back in time and you could see your former self and you could have sex with yourself, is that cheating if you're in a monogamous relationship? Is it cheating if you're monogamous but can go back through time and have sex with yourself? Ah, the kinds of things that people think about. <clears throat> I'll let you know my thoughts. I'll post the article when it comes out. Okay, now it's time to uh, slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. 
This one says, ooh, this is a long one. Hey, Dr. Chris, uh, this girl that I'm talking to brought up that she doesn't think a title is necessary, that being official is like the dessert of a four-course meal. She'd rather enjoy the appetizers and main course, and the dessert's like, uh, maybe. Not really sure how to make what to make of that, but I think she was trying to say that we should enjoy getting to know each other. And if we end up official at the end of that, that's great. I feel like it's her way of saying that we still need to date other people, but every time I ask her to clarify, she gets kind of annoyed. Uh, I want clarification. I think healthy, open, transparent communication is important around any and all topics. There shouldn't be anything we can't talk about. Yes, we're allowed to have boundaries and privacy always with everyone and anyone, even our husbands and wives and with our parents. Yes, privacy and boundaries are part of mental health. But that's an important question because you're also asking without realizing it a sexual health question. We do need to know if the people we're having sex with are having sex with other people. If people are getting tested, if they're using safer sex practices, a hundred percent. And anyone unwilling to talk about that is not mature enough to be in a relationship or to have sex. So I absolutely want you to push for that question to get an answer. I think you're might, maybe this person is thinking that you're asking that as a way of still backdooring your way into, are we exclusive and monogamous? And they're saying, I don't want to be pulled into a structure or title. And yes, the implication would be that maybe they're seeing others, but it shouldn't matter if they're seeing others or not. If you want to be dating other people at the same time, then you should be dating other people at the same time. If you don't feel like you want to, then just focus on this person. Whether or not they are dating others shouldn't be driving your decision. Just because they're only seeing you shouldn't impact what you're doing. If you want to see others, see others. If you only want to see them, see them. We should be dating to decide if we want a relationship. Dating is not the relationship. So I always tell people to date multiple people to see what works and who works and to go through different milestones with that person to see what we're like during the holidays, to see what we're like on the weekends, to see what we're like when conflict arises, to see what we're like when we have difficulties happen in our lives. We should be dating people for months and months before we form a committed relationship because it takes months to go through all the different things we need to go through to learn about what we're like as a couple when we come together. And if we're making commitments prior to that, well, then we're making commitments based on fantasy, romanticization, and projection. And that's not honest. And we can't count on that. We can't trust that. That's, that's very flimsy. So yes, you have a right to say, are you having sex with others? That's a sexual health question. I need to understand how to protect myself. But... I think you should be dating others if that's what you want and you shouldn't be just focusing what you're doing dating-wise around the fear of making this partner upset or losing them. All right, y'all, if you got a question for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions you got, bam, drop them in there. We're here to help. Topics you want covered, something you want us to circle back to, put that in there as well. And uh, we'll be back in a little bit. So uh, stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back. We're talking tonight about things we need to unlearn. There are so many things we need to unlearn. Uh, we're not socialized really with a mental health focus. We're not. We're trying to instead perform wellness, perform you know these different identities. We're trying to perform respectability. And in doing so, we disconnect ourselves from ourselves, but also from others in the world. It's such a bummer. I'm constantly seeing people stuffing their emotions. We talked about that earlier, you know, really overly focused on external validation without some of those internal structures and also societal standards. That's not us. That's not honest. Be yourself. That's really what the work is. How can I be more authentic and honest about who I am and how I look and not in, 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 instead of distancing away from that by participating in some diet culture and beauty stuff. And that's, I said this on the show a long time ago, but I, <clears throat> it really brings me back to it. I was telling you all um, about a friend of mine who's very spiritual, really engaged in a lot of spiritual practices and, and is part of running a makeup company. And I had said to him, how does that line up? Because isn't makeup for many people about saying you don't look okay or you don't look okay the way you are or you need to look a certain way? And he said, no, makeup's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be expressing yourself. You're not supposed to be shaming yourself or hiding or, or, or trying to be or look other than you are. It should enhance who you are. And it should be something that is joy and fun related to it or don't do it. Uh, kind of like fashion. You can wear whatever you want. Make fashion expression of who you are. You use fashion. Don't let fashion use you. And that's kind of what he was saying with makeup. And I thought that was so beautiful because that's the work globally. Um, so what are some of the other things we have to unlearn? I love this one. We have to unlearn making ourselves smaller to fit into social situations. 
So that's about conformity. You know, we often want to just fit in. We want to be like everyone else. That's a question that's often embedded in many things that come into therapy is, am I normal? And I always try to communicate to people that's not the goal and it doesn't matter. And very few of us are. And what, what is normal anyway? And who gets to decide? Normal is often rooted in things that most of us aren't. White cis hetero Western norms tend to be something that globally everyone's trying to align with. But the work is about being yourself, not conforming, not assimilating, not playing by the rules, but being authentic, uh, being your total and full self at all places, at all times with all people. But we have things like, you know, jobs and these different identities and we want to be seen as a good mom or a good lawyer or whatever it is. And that starts to pull us away from that. So the question for yourself is in this unlearning, how can you stop making yourself smaller or different from who you are so as to fit in? Why can, can we not work on letting ourselves be okay standing out, speaking up, being different, looking different, sounding different, having different abilities, different brains? as opposed to trying to fit in, trying to correct everything. We have such a corrective culture. We want to fix anything different. We, it comes up with the um, intersex community, which is not necessarily always easily definable as male or female. We still think there's only two sexes. There's far more than that. And that community is saying we are both and neither. Some people have internal genitalia that matches differently from the external. Some people, you they're a little bit of both. It's not necessarily decipherable as one or the other. Um, also things like fashion, keeping up with the current trends. What if we just wore what we liked and what we're comfortable with? That's what I've been trying to do. Wearing what I like where I like. And it might not always fit into the um, standards and that's okay. Sometimes I'm overdressed, sometimes I'm underdressed. I'm gonna wear what's comfortable for me. That's important for me as a mental health professional, but also as a person trying to work on pushing back on conformity. If, if this is what feels good for me, then this is what I'm meant to wear. And if that's not what's comfortable for others, then that's not the right environment for me or those people aren't healthy enough for me to be around. Um, I want us to get away from judging people based on the fabrics they put on their bodies, the makeup they choose to wear or not wear, shape or size of body. There's so much conformity. We think we have to have a certain body. We think we have to battle aging. We think we have to dress a certain way. We're trying to get away from all of that. Wear bikinis on the beach if that's what you're comfortable wearing, even if you're a doctor or a mom. Wear makeup or outfits that maybe don't fit in with the event because that's who you are and that's how you dress. Maybe you are aging and that's such a gift and you let yourself show signs of aging. Andy McDowell, um, she's an actress from a show I was just watching. She was talking a lot about letting her hair gray because aging is a beautiful thing and she's not hiding it anymore. What if instead of covering up and shaming, we just allowed, instead of just allowing, we also celebrated, I'm aging. Let me celebrate the gift that that is. Let me celebrate the body I have because I just was given the gift of being able to be pregnant and birth a child. I don't need to shame my stomach or my stretch marks. What if we stop shaming body hair and we just said that's part of being a human, whether you are presenting or assigned female or male at birth or whatever it is? What if we stopped hiding and shaming differences and we saw differences as creative, beautiful diversities of expression because we all have that capacity? You know, the reason why we're all battling these things is because we're none of these things. No one is this ideal that we're all trying to live up to. Even people with different uh, neurotypes, different neurologies, different brains, we're always trying to fix versus seeing the beauty and the value of. So again, how can we stop making ourselves smaller to fit into normality and situations and instead celebrate the differences we have and really finding the people in the environments that agree with that and getting away from being in places where they don't. I don't want to be around or in any place where I can't just show up as myself because that's toxic, that's dangerous, that's violent, that's psychologically violent, socially violent. Let's work on that. So try to call out areas in your life where you can start practicing this, where I don't need to fit in, I don't want to fit in. If you invite me, I come as myself. I promise to show up always as myself. We'll talk more about it. We're going to take a little break. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about all the things we have to unlearn. Uh, I know there's so much, so much. We are constantly trained and socialized out of our true authentic selves. You're a man. You're supposed to be like this and that. You're a woman. You're supposed to be like this and that. You're a teacher. You're supposed to be like this and that. You're a professional. You're supposed to be like this and that. It's exhausting. You're gay. You're straight. You're supposed to be like this and that. Oh my God. You're trans. You're supposed to like that. 
let people be. It's so fascinating. And people talk about, oh, what's natural? Oh my God. When we look at the animal and plant kingdom, and I talk a lot about this actually in my lecture. And if you want to actually, you want to read more about this? My first book, Sex Outside the Lines. I talk a lot about how queer, how creative, how diverse the animal plant kingdom is. They're not even conforming. My God, if you hear the diverse creative ways that plants and animals exist, that's what's natural. All sorts of wild stuff. But as humans, we're like, we have this magical ideal that no one lives up to, but yet we're all trying to live up to it. And it's like, what are we doing? And then there's different subpopulations that still have these different norms. Um, so all the things we're trying to unlearn, we talked about societal standards of beauty, seeking a lot of external validation, uh, difficulty with expressing emotions, shrinking down and conforming to certain situations. Um, here's another one kind of related to the emotional expression. We need to unlearn pretending like we're okay when we're not and asking for help or support. We can't do anything on our own. We can't stand up on our own two feet. No one does. No one can. No one will. It is okay that we need others. We need borrowed functioning. Yes, we need co-regulation. We need people to be there to help calm us down when we can't calm ourselves down. We need people to help provide skills and resources that we don't have. We need a community. We need, you know, we need a village. We can't do things on our own and we need to stop. It's okay to say, I'm having a hard day. Can you do this? It's okay to say, that's no longer working for me. I need to change whatever I said. It's okay to say, I need to change the boundaries. Be vulnerable. Be where you are. It's okay to be broken. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be struggling. We need to get normal. We need to normalize saying that. That's why I was saying on the uh, earlier that I'm glad that publicly more people in positions and bigger platforms um, are starting to express that openly, truly. There is not anyone who's gotten where they are on their own. No one. There's always someone below you lifting you up. You're always standing on someone's shoulders. There's always someone that paved that road and made it easier right before you. Yes, we want to lift as we climb. So we do want to keep trying to make it easier for those after us. We do want to keep trying to open doors so that other people don't have the same struggles we have. But in, while we're doing that, we're allowed to ask for care and support. We're, we're allowed to ask for time off. We're allowed to ask for mental health days. We're allowed to stay home. <laughs> we're allowed to cry in public. We're allowed to fall apart. These are healthy things. <laughs> if it's a crisis, it's a crisis. Don't say you're okay if you're not okay. You know, tell people you're having a hard time. Take the time you need. I want us to get familiar with someone saying, I'm sorry I haven't gotten back to you in days or weeks. It's been a difficult year. It's been a difficult month. I'm sorry I can't make it to your event this weekend, your wedding, your birthday. I'm depressed. I'm struggling. Or someone important to me is struggling. We have to familiarize ourselves with that. I don't want us to put events and work before our mental health. It's okay to miss out on a birthday or a wedding or call out of work because you're sad, depressed, anxious. Normalize that. Normalize hearing that. Normalize being told that and being disappointed. I've done that. I'm sorry. I'm unable to attend. I'm unable to show up. I'm unable to make it. My mental health means more than whatever commitment I made. Don't misuse that but we need to get familiar with that. We need to get familiar saying to people, are you in a place where you could be available to me right now? Is this something that you can do? Can you afford it? Do you have the energy? I have a lot of the finances for some things, but not everyone does. But sometimes I don't have the emotional energy to take on certain things. A friend that needs a phone call. Sometimes I'm like, unfortunately, I'm drained. Please reach out to someone else. It's okay to have those boundaries. Here's another one we have to unlearn. Ignoring this is kind of what I just said, ignoring our boundaries to please other people. We want to be seen as a good friend. That's a good thing. I want us to be good friends. We want to be seen as a good parent. That's a good thing. I want us to be good parents. We want to be seen as a good employee. That's a good thing. I want us to be good employees. But I also want us to be able to set boundaries with our bosses, with our parents, with our friends, with our partners, with whatever, saying, unfortunately, I'm going to let you down or disappoint you because that's not good for me. That's not healthy for me. That's not right for me. That doesn't feel okay. That's going to make my mental health worse or bad, or that's a trigger for me. Sometimes we have to say to someone, and we shouldn't have to really overly explain, and I always advocate for us not explaining too much. We don't need to defend or prove, but some people have had to say things like, that unfortunately is triggering for my trauma, or I'm sober. I don't feel safe or comfortable being around alcohol at your wedding or your birthday party. It's okay to set that boundary. Your mental health and your sobriety and well-being comes before someone's wedding or birthday, work event, um, holiday that you planned. You're allowed to say, I cannot hold this holiday at my house this year. I've been depressed or I don't have the finances. Or we're going to be not having alcohol at my event this year because I'm sober or because I'm not in a good place and I can't be around alcohol. That is acceptable. Get 
Get familiar hearing that. Get familiar saying that. Again, I've said this on the show before. Everyone's all about mental health. Hashtag mental health advocate. Hashtag mental health ally. Hashtag blah, 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 blah. But then when we really want you to put your money where your mouth is and we want you to give us that time or that space, oh, pull together, come in anyway. No, no. We're being better than that moving forward. If one thing has come out of COVID, it's realizing that we need each other and we need to be better about this stuff. So practice saying it. Start small. Start letting people down on a small scale so you can handle the bigger things. You know you're setting a boundary when you frustrate, disappoint, or let people down. Yep, because that's often what it's about. The easy ones are easy. We don't need to work on those. So get familiar and comfortable disappointing, letting down, and frustrating people. That's the boundary. That was even a hard one for me, telling people no or telling them, I'm sorry, I have to leave now or saying, I can only give you an hour. I can't give you all day. My energy, my sobriety, my mental health, whatever else is going on. We have to get, that's mental health work. Yep, that's being a true ally and a true advocate. And if you're not open or comfortable with that, well then you've got some healing to do. Why? Why do you think all these other things mean more? You're not being a good friend or a good person. Gotta take a little break. Gonna keep talking about this. DMs, slide on in there if you got a question or a topic you want covered and uh, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. But stick around. We're going to keep talking about things we need to unlearn. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all. We are back and uh, we're talking about things that we need to unlearn. And the list is endless but we're talking about some of the big ones uh again just to recap we are trying to unlearn beauty standards we're deciding what our standards will be for ourselves maybe we're not going to participate at all maybe we're not wearing makeup or we're not using moisturizer or we're not going to remove facial or body hair regardless of our gender expression i love that i saw a post that said trans people don't owe you shaving or performing femininity or masculinity let's all be liberated by that there's no right way to be a parent or a professional or male or female we have to get back to ourselves we're also working on not shrinking down to make other people happy or comfortable we're not pretending like we're okay when we're not we're letting people know we're struggling we're asking for care and we were landing on we're not ignoring our needs or our boundaries in order to make other people happy that setting boundaries often means and most often looks like disappointing frustrating or letting people down because something's come come up or is going on with your mental health that you can't attend that function because they'll be drinking and your sobriety is feeling fragile but often you don't even need to explain or defend just say unable i'm unable to attend my mental health, I'm unable to attend, I'm sorry. And that needs to be enough. I don't want people disclosing more than they're comfortable disclosing. The more we disclose, the more room other people have to challenge, to shame, to talk us out of it. Be firm, I will not be able to make it, I'm sorry. Love you. Or if you do feel comfortable, I'm unable to attend. I've been depressed all week, I need to care for my mental health. Thank you for understanding, love you, send. I'm sorry I won't be able to make it in tomorrow. I'm dealing with some mental health issues. I need a mental health day. Thank you for understanding. Send. We need to familiarize ourselves with hearing that and understanding that and caring for that or even asking people, how are you doing? Is this something you can handle? Are you up for this? Do you need anything? It's okay to ask. As people are practicing asking for what they need and setting those boundaries, some people have been raised in families or in environments where they think they have to be needless. I struggle with that as a doctor, as a mental health professional, as an expert. I'm supposed to be better than everything. I'm not, I'm a person, I'm gonna be depressed. I'm also gonna be anxious. I'm also gonna have my own trauma triggered. I'm also gonna be dealing with my own body issues. I also don't drink. I don't wanna be around people drinking. I don't go to places that are centered in alcohol and drinking. Why? Because I don't drink. That's not fun for me. And if you wanna have fun with me or care about me, you don't bring me into those environments. Anytime something's happening at a bar, an event that's alcohol laden, I pass, period. No explanation. I'm sorry, that's not right for me. or That's not safe for me. Or I don't feel comfortable. I'm also, I share this all the time, I'm, the, I'm a morning person. You wanna hang out with me or spend time with me, let's go for coffee in the morning, let's go for a hike, let's go see art. But I don't wanna meet you at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. I'm tired, that's my winding down time. I don't wanna go to a bar or a bar restaurant. I don't wanna go to a club. <laughs> it's the rare occasion where you'll see me out late at night because that's not who I am, that's not healthy for me. I go to bed early. I have a lot of things I do in the morning. I have my self-care, my routine. It's okay to set those boundaries. 
I've reoriented my entire life to everything through COVID because it has really centered me back in what I need and the truth of who I am, what my edges are, what's possible for me, what's pushing myself too far, what's comfortable for me. And I'm centering all that. And I want to inspire you all to do the same thing. The world's different now. I'm most likely not ever going back to my office. I'm most likely going to be offering only telemedicine. So I'm working from the comfort in my home with the temperature that's comfortable for me, wearing comfortable clothing, access to my refrigerator. If you can work from home, work from home. If your boss wants you to come in, ask them why that's important. Most people we learn can work from home, let them. If it can be done from home, do it. If you can stay home, do it. If you can cut back, do it. If you can find more pleasure in everything you're doing based on what you're wearing, where you're doing it, how you're doing, do it. That is self-care, that is mental health. I know this topic makes some people upset or uncomfortable or frustrated, why? Why do you think that us performing wellness or performing us being better than we are is more meaningful? Nothing means more than our health. Nothing. Because we are nothing without our health. But we have to be able to express what we need and ask for what we need and set those boundaries. What else do we need to unlearn? Oh, this is a good one. Believing that my self-worth depends on my productivity. For people that are disabled or have issues with energy or chronic fatigue, etc., etc., or trauma, they're not able to often participate in productivity to the extent others are or to the same hours. Some people have mental health issues where they won't ever be able to be there in the morning or on time. They have sleep issues. There's, I've said this before and I'll say it again. You cannot ever say something like everyone else can do it so I have to expect that from you. We all have different needs. Yes, everyone needs a different accommodation. It's called equity. We're not doing equality. No equality. We're doing equity. Equality means you all get the same thing. You all have the same access. No, we're doing equity. Everyone gets what they need because everyone has a different need based on their mental health and their physical health, and we're accommodating that. And not everyone can be as productive as others. I don't do nighttime things, I do daytime things. Other people are nighttime people, not morning people, and so they do things and they show up later. Their energy is on a different schedule. Here's another one. We're no longer sacrificing our voice or our beliefs to avoid conflict. Conflict is healthy. How we manage it is what matters. We have to get more comfortable and familiar with conflict. And knowing that conflict doesn't mean I hate you or I don't love you or we're not friends anymore. We have to learn how to be in conflict, realize we still love them, they are still our friend, work through and be better because of it. Stop avoiding conflict. But we can only practice that with other healthy people. If you can't have conflict safely with someone, you don't have a real relationship, period period, because that means you're going to withhold your truth and who you are in service of maintaining that relationship. That's not fair. That's not good. That's not healthy. Don't do that. All right, we're going to take a little break. We're going to go back, slide into those DMs. So stick around, listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, y'all. We are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page in the DMs. So drop them in there. Not on my private IG page, but feel free to follow me at Dr. Donahue. Always dropping all sorts of gems. More stuff's going on in the stories these days, but uh, put them in there. Or I'm sorry, no, put them in the Loveline page. <laughs> this one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, my name is Mariah, and I have two sons, ages 11 and nine. Their dad has been gone for a long time. And I feel like it's time that I start dating again. All right. Getting that joy back in your life, right? One of my sons is super supportive while the other will cry if I try to replace their dad. I know that I want to do things that make me happy, but I also don't want to feel like I'm disrespecting my sons. Well, I don't know why you're talking about your dating life with your children who are 11 and nine or even at all. Um, you don't need to get your child's opinions at all of any age on whether or not you start dating. That is something that you decide as an adult. That is something that everyone should decide for themselves, period. No one should need anyone's opinions or thoughts or permission to start dating if they feel that that is what they want to do. Not your family members, not your children. Um, but I do understand the impact you bringing someone new into their life has on them, but we're just talking about starting to date. 
So that would imply they wouldn't be maybe meeting this person for a while anyway, because dating is about getting to know someone to decide if you want a relationship. And I don't know that when we're early dating, we introduce that person to very many people because often we don't. We could. There's no reason to not let people meet who we're dating. I always did that. If I went on three dates with someone, I thought they're pretty cool. Yeah, my friends would meet them. I remember my parents would sometimes visit me in the city and they'd meet someone I maybe only dated once. And that's cool because it all that meant was my family's here. I'm dating you, bringing them more into my life. And maybe if I never see you again, they're an adult. They can handle that. Children, it might be a little harder. So yeah, don't be you know helping your children forge bonds with people that might not be sticking around. We don't want them to get you know, really uncomfortable connecting because it doesn't necessarily go on for a longer period of time and they're constantly always having to reform attachments. But again, you're just stepping into dating. That's something that's gonna take a while to happen. Um, again, your children are very young. I don't know why you're discussing that with them anyway. And what if it's awesome? What if you do spend a couple months dating, someone realizes this is a great person, the person in you are excited to let your child meet them, and your children love him or her, and your children start to form a relationship, and life is awesome. It isn't inherently something bad, but I would go slow, I would take your time, because yes, other people are impacted, because these younger children are young enough where they still live at home and are always at home. And this person coming over to spend time or taking you out might involve them forming a relationship with your children. But I'm, a prou I'm proud of you, it's exciting. I want you to find love. I want you to have joy in your life. I want you to have distractions. Uh, there's no reason not to. If you feel ready, that is what you do. And take your time and when you realize this person's of worth and value, let them meet them. But it's okay for your, your children to meet multiple people. That's part of life. You wouldn't be worried about bringing a new friend around them because even a new friend might not stick around. So dating doesn't necessarily have to be different. If you're, that's what's always so bizarre to me. We're not worried about bringing a new friend over and saying, well, what are our kids gonna say if that friend doesn't come back again? Well, well, they, they understand that relationships come and go. That's part of life. It's okay for them to learn that. That's not traumatizing. And so for them to also meet someone you're dating, introduce them as your friend. You have lots of friends, I bet. Lots of friends they've never met. Lots of friends they've only met one time or five times. I doubt your friends ask where, I'm sorry, I doubt your children ask where certain friends have gone, why they haven't seen them. And if they do, you say things like, we don't see each other anymore. That's life. The dating doesn't have to be any different than that. I don't know why we see children meeting someone you're dating is more traumatic than meeting someone you're just friends with. I don't think you'll be expressing a lot of romance or affection in front of them, at least not at first. But yes, children understandably might translate that into a new parent. And so we'll take our time with that and we'll talk to them when the time comes, but we are putting the cart way before the horse. Your mental health matters too. And I want you to be finding love and enjoying that and sexuality. So get out there and do your thing. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and uh, past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. So uh, head on over there. We got, we got lots of good stuff. Look for Loveline, scroll down, click on it. Spend the rest of the night, though, focusing on as much self-care as possible, y'all. Build that in. Tons of pleasure and joy. Take as much rest as possible. We got a lot coming up. We got a lot going on, so we need to be at our best. But be kind to yourself. Be kind to those around you. I can't say that enough. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out. Join us again uh, tomorrow. And uh, as always, enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 